0: of the senior prom
1: The Bates High School gym is alive with excitement
0: Everybody is there Even Carrie White The girl no one likes Oh sorry about this incident Cassie It's Carrie
1: And everyone makes fun of her The girl who lives in that creepy house with her crazy mother.
0: No! Help no! the sinning woman see the sin of her days and ways. Show her that if she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her. The girl with the strange power. If I concentrate hard enough, I can move things. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up this All Hallows' Eve. You're terrifying me, Rob. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. And we're on the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Robert Laronde. With me, as always, is... Blaine Waters. And today we have a very scary movie to talk about. But before we get to that... Yeah, let's not get carried away. (laughs) See what I... Out. (laughs) Damn it. Detention for you. (laughs) No! (laughs) Don't uh, get all frustrated and use your psychic powers to make something move. Okay, I won't before we get into that we should thank our patreons those are the people who give us a little bit of trick or treat every month Mm, a little bit of candy in our basket yeah stop giving us tricks by the way (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) that
2: doesn't help us in the podcast we look like fools and blaine stop turning tricks (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's the only way to get more money rob (laughs) this podcast but you can donate $1, 3 or $5 at patreon.com slash rewatchability. And in return, you'll get the podcast early mm-hmm. and ad-free. Yep. yeah, We and have a bonus episode coming up. We certainly do. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to promise that now, Rob, so we
2: have to do it. Okay. <laughs> it's a big one, though. It's one that we've been wanting to do since maybe we started this podcast.
1: So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. It'll be fun. But today, we're going to talk about... Carey, the 1976 movie directed by Brian De Palma from the novel by Stephen King, Fright Master Stephen King. <laughs> this was his first book, right? Yeah. It was his first novel. When he was a teacher, he was, like, writing nights. I also heard that he was writing it while working at an industrial laundry. Oh, really? Yeah. So some of the characters were based off people that he worked with at the laundromat. <laughs> I feel like it would have made more sense if he was working at a high school, you know,
2: teaching, doing this stuff.
1: Well, I think he probably did that, too. But you know what? They don't fucking pay teachers shit. <laughs> That's why they're so angry and they read all these, like, books where people kill other people and they have these psychic powers and, you know, everybody at the school dies. Yeah. It's,
2: it's a good recommendation for living in the States and not, or, I mean, Canada, too. We don't pay our teachers enough. But it's like that Walter White thing, you know? If he had healthcare then he wouldn't have had to sell meth, but the creativity that it took, he really shined. You know? That's right. And so Stephen, King, He's really the Stephen shined. King of Meth.
1: <laughs> Stephen King's the Walter White of writing books. There you go. I like it. Yeah. He's in the empire business. So Blaine, when was the first time that you saw Carrie? Uh, I have never seen Carrie, Rob. Oh my God.
2: I still didn't watch it. What? Just fuck this podcast. No, I watched it. Okay. I I, had, I, I never... would
1: be so mad. <laughs> I would psychic some shit right at you. No, man.
2: Oh, it's getting hot in here. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, I had never seen it before, but I... What,
1: why not? You love Stephen King. You've read all of his books. Have you read the book, Kerry? I have not read the book, Kerry. Blame! I know. Come on. They're, all of your Stephen King credentials are out the window.
2: They they are out <laughs> the window. I did read his like actual first book, though, which was The Gunslinger. He wrote that in, like, university or started oh, okay. writing in university. Right. Yeah, he
1: went back and fixed a bunch of shit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he
2: became Richard Bachman and started, you know, editing himself. Right. But, yeah, I, I had never read this, but I kind of knew the gist of it. And I it was like Firestarter or, you know. It's those, not like Firestarter. One of those other ones that he wrote, they're all the same. You know, you have, a, you have a person persecuted and then they set shit on fire. They start fi- – I, I thought Carrie was fire starter. I did. This is, <laughs> this is what I'm admitting right now. OK. But the psychic power thing is – It's a bit of a trope. It, it's strong in the Stephen King universe. Right. And he does have a universe. There's some psychic powers in The Shining. Yeah. Well, and, and the universe the, – uh, the gunslinger, that whole septilogy oh, – gunslinger. <laughs> yeah. It kind of ties all his books together. So, I didn't finish that. You didn't series. finish the no, no. Oh, I read the, the last first book.
1: couple, and you know they were good, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, King... There was the movie. The movie was good, though, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the movie is like a hot piece of garbage. I can't wait for someday for us to talk about the movie, but it is it is just what a movie. But and... this was
1: the first Stephen King adaptation,
2: was it? Yeah. Well, As that's, well.
1: that's that's amazing.
2: Okay, his first book, but I I. Sh- I should say you should you should finish that series because the last book, Stephen King isn't known for his endings. Right. I think endings really elude him as a writer. Uh-huh. He really can't get it right. But in the seventh book of that series, uh, he just he nails got, it. He gets
1: it right. He nails it. Okay. Well, I challenge you. You should read Carrie because <laughs> he ends it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay it doesn't take him 30 years, his entire career. is not the albatross around his neck. <laughs> Which, you know, purportedly connects everything, you know, badly. Yeah. It's but, a big uh, wingspan. Is Carrie in the, uh,
2: I, in no, the Dark Tower I, I universe? So. No? no. Okay. Anyway, have you seen
1: this movie before? Of course I have played. Did you, when did you first see it? Well, I think I saw it in high school at the time I was dating somebody and she had really liked Carrie. Right. So. She was like, go to the prom with me, Rob.
2: Watch this movie. Like, I gotta watch the movie. We did go to prom together. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. No, she fucked everything up. (laughs) I
1: mean, she was provoked. (laughs) I can sort of see some similarities, though, between that person, who was lovely in a lot of respects, and Carrie. Like, there was some, like, simmering anger. Oh, my God. (laughs) You are going to go home to your house on fire after this podcast once it airs. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) But... I saw this movie, and I remember enjoying it. It sort of fell in line with the sort of Stephen King movies that I enjoyed, like The Shining, Mm -hmm. and I think even it. Like, it has a sort of, like, 70s feel. It's more cinematic because it hadn't sort of embraced the cult of Stephen King. Yeah. Like, Stephen King was nobody when they made this movie. In fact, this movie sort of made Stephen King, in a way, what he is or what he would become. Right. But there was no big author hanging over Brian De Palma's head. Right. Stephen King wasn't phoning him in the middle of the night to be like, (laughs) hey,
2: stop fucking up The Shining.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, a little bit of behind the scenes right now. He was only paid $2,500 for the rights to this movie. That's bullshit. You know. Yeah. Which is only 2,500 times what he charges student filmmakers for one of his things (laughs) yeah and so
2: I assume he's still a poor impoverished author that's right you know they're never appreciated
1: in their own time (laughs) (laughs) for sure but I liked it and I you know I also loved certain aspects of it like young John Travolta yeah come on that's fun yeah and you get to see him bite it which is great well after slapping everyone around for hours (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah everyone's slapping each other in this fucking movie it's just like it's, it's abuse the movie is what it should be called. Yeah. Did you oh, – ow. God <laughs> damn it, Rob. I'm sorry. Put that I'll, up again. <laughs> I'll come to my senses. I'll come to my senses. Sorry. That was uh, – Yeah. We, that was harsh. God, yeah, this is – And poor, poor radio Foley skills. <laughs> I think we just blew out everyone's eardrums. <laughs> Were you kind of afraid to go to the prom? With this, with this uh, individual,
1: individual one after this uh, movie, no, 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 no. It was, it was a nice experience, and it wasn't actually. It wasn't my prom; it was her prom. We skipped my prom because I was a year younger than her, and uh, (laughs) we went to her prom. And then by my prom, we were over it, and uh, everyone died. It seems like you're over that too. Just very (laughs) coolly bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) They were mean. (laughs) Well, it was your prom at your high school. No, it was at this like you know there was like this community center slash events place slash the radio station was there as well. Oh my god, was it Stephen King's radio station? Was Stephen? Does he have a radio station? Yeah,
2: he does in Maine.
1: Really? Yeah, (laughs) he like runs a radio station. Wow, I bet it's just like all like '50s rock and roll and allusions to
2: murder. It just plays "Welcome to Night Vale" over and over and over again. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's it. I I went to prom too, but it was on a boat. So that if, is bullshit. If it if it had Did you go to Breaker High, <laughs> if it had caught fire, it would have been put out very easily. <laughs> just would have sank. Why? Why was it on a boat? Yeah. Because I think the committee wanted to do something different
1: than the (laughs) high school thing. (laughs) It was a really bad choice to do that and the under the sea theme because that boat sank.
2: I remember. I do remember my friend. She made a duct tape dress, mm-hmm. and then she made a duct tape suit for for her date. Right. Uh, but since it was on the water, it was just they slid off everything because the <laughs> the dew was everywhere. So if they sat down, they just slide right off. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that was kind of it was like slip and slide for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into yeah. Carrie. Yeah. What happens in this in this crazy movie? Are you ready? <laughs> Because it gets pretty uh, graphic,
1: pretty early. <laughs> so it, it does. Oh my god! It's like Revenge of the Nerds, like right away. Yeah, that's right. Well, did you? Uh, I mean, I guess you didn't because you didn't do any research as usual. But did you real <laughs> hear read that Piper trade Laurie research? You <laughs> son of a bitch! Go on. What did you read that uh, Piper Laurie thought that this was a comedy? Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, it certainly kind of begins that way. It kind of does. But so it starts with Carrie. She is a high school student. Right. And she's She's like the Dawson's Creek of high school students. She looks like like 23. Oh, yes. 24. All the students look very old. She was actually 26. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. The woman who plays the uh, teacher Mm
2: -hmm. was
1: the ripe old age of 28. (laughs) Two years older? Yeah.
2: Uh, That must have sucked. He's yeah. gone home after that edition. I got it. Oh, God, I got it.
1: <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. But she is not well liked by the other girls in her class. They sort of make fun of her. And she's very shy and withdrawn. And she has trouble at school, mm. like when they're playing games. She's not very athletic. Nah. I mean, she's playing volleyball. Fuck volleyball. Have you played volleyball? Volleyball is
2: fucking awesome, Blaine. What? Yeah, it's amazing. You, I, I thought that you would hate it.
1: Yeah. Wow. I was in a uh, extracurricular volleyball team in grad school. (laughs) Our team was called Comedy of Errors. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it was. (laughs) Yeah. I murdered them all with my psychic powers. Uh, You had to. (laughs) Yeah, dude, just to come out on top. Yeah, she's not great at volleyball. No. Her classmates do not like her. They all make fun of her. But even worse is that when she is in the shower after the game, she gets her period. Yeah, and it is not a very nurturing experience for her. <laughs> God, no,
2: no. First of all, that shower is fucked up because she's covered in water, but yet has a handful of blood and emerges <laughs> from the shower just fine with a handful of blood. Second of all, that's, that's a heavy flow. It's it's, it's <laughs> yes, not on the tap, but on and and she runs out and she uh, kind of does the whole what was his fucking name? He played Joker, like sending the. Horrible used tampons to people. Oh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yeah. You're going
1: to have to specify which Joker. Just say the bad
2: one. (laughs) I did. I said the horrible Joker. So she, like, goes out with this handful of blood and, like, kind of paints the first person she sees a sweater. But that person laughing their ass off. (laughs) The weirdest reaction to, like, being, like put blood upon i've never seen but everyone's laughing you look like you were about to throw up there (laughs) i didn't i didn't like i didn't like it but the uh everyone is laughing at her and everyone starts throwing tampons and
1: pads at her yeah and saying like plug her up it's pretty awful but yeah we find out later you know when the teachers are talking that her mother never told her that she should be expecting to have her period yeah and so she was just sort of Surprised by it and thought she was going to die. It's so, it's so cruel. It's just so cruel.
2: You feel for her so much right at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. It's so well done. And that's uh, why sex ed
1: is important. They should have been teaching her that shit at school. <laughs> There's a real failure of the teachers, right? Well, I'd
2: say it was Doug. F- I mean, the government, uh, <laughs> maybe the government. But my teacher in grade Eight, who is teaching us all uh, sex at grade seven, she told us this horrible story. Because when I when I saw this, I was like, "Who wouldn't have told poor Carrie that she was going to have a period?" Right. But my my teacher in grade seven also was not told. That she was going to have a period.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I totally believe that a lot of people are ignorant of their basic bodily functions because of, you know... Like, horrible, like... Just... Weird Christian bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Let's call it what it is.
2: <laughs> my Yeah, my my teacher said she, that she, like, ran away from home because she thought she was dying. Isn't that, like, the most horrifying thing? Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, so, like, I feel for Carrie. I felt
1: for my teacher at the time. I mean, yeah, you definitely feel very much for the character. And it's, like, not handled very decently. I mean, Brian De Palma, he definitely, I think, enjoys inflicting a little bit of, like, cruelty... On the actress.
2: Oh, I think he enjoys a little bit more about the actress uh, right. than just inflicting cruelty on her. Right.
1: There's definitely a bit of a male gazy thing, like the shower all, scene. We're just seeing movie. all of these. I mean, they're supposed to be like high school girls, but they're yes. all in their mid twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, thanks God, I've had children. children. <laughs> like
2: the it's 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 kind of kind of weird to see that this is like a high school movie, but we're also like watching these naked girls are supposed to be high. it's it's right. this weird disconnect and dissonance right. that was uh, that was off putting and maybe that's
1: part of the horror but i think it was the 70s so i don't think it was part of the horror yet for sure there's also like a weird scene where the girls are just like doing exercises and they're like you know short shorts yeah and it's like well, this is weird and voyeuristic yeah
2: it could have been a 1 second scene it was a 5 minute scene but it was a long scene
1: yeah I mean, some of it, like, I kind of like. Some of it, I kind of, you know, I feel bad. Like, yeah. you know, I I think I like the realism of, like, the shower scene. And I think they did shoot a scene with a whole bunch of towels as well that were, like, strategically placed for the television version. Right. But this version is, like, there's more Bush at this than at <laughs> Ellen's dinner party. And, <laughs> and I'm talking about President George W. Bush. <laughs> I love how you had to explain <laughs> the joke. It was a double entendre. <laughs> uh, I... God
2: damn it, Rob. I'm sorry. No, you shouldn't... Uh, I mean, you should... I'm, uh, I'm not sorry to Ellen because she associates with war criminals. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do kind of get it because it is showing us that all these girls are comfortable with their bodies and all these girls yeah. like, are, are like, you know, societally caught up. Whereas Sissy Spacek is... Or Carrie is just very uncomfortable with who she is and the only time that she can kind of enjoy her own body is like in the privacy of the steam of this shower. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of sad.
1: But the girls, the mean girls, they get in trouble for for being fucking awful to yeah. Carrie. And they like, you know, the gym teacher gives them like a real dressing down and she threatens them and says Not <laughs> a Brian De Palma dressing down. We <laughs> right. should say Pardon <laughs> yes. me. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this, I did read on IMDb that the actress said that she was playing the gym teacher like a lesbian. <laughs> oh,
2: God. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very short-sighted view of what a lesbian is,
1: but, you know. Uh... <laughs> but she she's really mean to them. But, like, she even, like, bullies them a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: The period's not up, Hargenson. It is for me. Keep running. Well, there are ten minutes left. Stick them up your... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You can't. you can't! You can't for this you bitch! What oh, the world and I'm gonna knock you down. Do you understand me? She can't get away with this if we all stick together, Norman! Helen! So Shut up, Chris. Just shut up.
2: Yeah, I mean she slaps. So So the the meanest girl of them all who is dating around, going to prom. Right. She will be the one to get the biggest revenge on Carrie later. Right. She gets slapped around in probably every scene in this movie. Right. That's right. By the gym teacher, by John Travolta. Yeah. But, and like John Travolta, many times, the gym teacher, twice, I think. Like,
1: <laughs> Save the pig's blood for them. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Everyone's hitting each other. And do you recognize that actress? I, I do. But you don't know from where. No. Robocop? Oh yeah. Yeah, she's okay. uh what's her Yeah. You know, the partner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After you know, all of this, presumably she crawled out of the rubble and uh <laughs> went down the straight and narrow path. <laughs> or I wait, no, decided that she wanted more violence and vengeance and became a cop. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a bunch
2: of cool cameos in this movie which we'll get to Uh, later on but yeah well
1: i'm sure in the okay yeah but they start planning their revenge Mm -hmm. on carrie and like we see all of it sort of happen and like it's not just from carrie's perspective like in fact we're sort of like we're, we're, I don't think we're, like, meant to identify with Carrie so much as, like, yeah. you know, sympathize with her from a distance.
2: It's a weird movie because Carrie is a titular character. Carrie is what, like, everything interesting is happening it's to Carrie. It's called Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> yeah, for a reason. But yet there's this, and we first see Carrie.
1: Half the movie is teenage girls working out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and like, we see Carrie first off. Like, she's our first point of entry. So it's, it's weird that we kind of are introduced to... Almost most the villain of the piece, and then made to understand her so much, right. but this side character kind of becomes the main character on on the on the way through this this movie. Mm-hmm. She gets her boyfriend to ask out Carrie to the prom,
1: yeah, that's right yeah. Tommy Ross, I think his name is he's the dude with like the big curly blonde. Like, yeah. rubber plant hair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughing
2: at everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he first approaches Carrie. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the library. And he asks her out. And she runs away. I mean, yeah. Look and those curls. She says, you know, when the teacher comes and talks to her about it, she says, yeah, I, I'm sure it's because they're fucking with me. Right. And the teacher is like, no, I'm sure they're not fucking with you. I love the teacher says, no, no, they're not fucking with you. And then
2: the next scene is like, why are you guys fucking with her? Yeah, <laughs> so They just tell it true to Carrie. You know, she, she's, she's delicate, but I'm sure she can take it.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, the guy insists and, like, goes to her house. Yeah. And, you know, she basically says yes, mostly, I think, so that her mom doesn't come and see who she's talking to I know. at the door yeah and her mom is a pretty big religious person.
2: Mm-hmm. No. you can say it not <laughs> <laughs> i mean she she makes yeah she makes even the most extreme religions seem tame at some point well i she is she is very aggressive with Carrie mm-hmm. abusive
1: I mean when she finds she gets a phone call from the teacher about Carrie getting her period, yeah, and she says. You're a woman now, and then hits her with a giant book in the face. (laughs) Which. Yeah, Carrie picks it up off
2: the ground. What's happened to my body book for girls? (laughs) (laughs) This is useful.
1: (laughs)
0: You're a woman now.
1: Why didn't you tell me, (laughs) Ma?
0: And God made Eve from the rib of Adam, and Eve was weak and loosed the raven on the world. And the raven was called sin. Said. The raven Why was didn't called sin.
1: Said you tell sin. me, Mama? Said. No. The raven no. was called sin. Ooh, woman. And the raven was called sin. And first sin was intercourse. First sin was intercourse.
0: I sin, Mama.
2: Yeah, no, she th- literally throws the Bible at her. It's awful. And then locks her in a fucking cupboard with Jesus.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it says, she says that, like, oh, you wouldn't have gotten your period if you hadn't have committed the sin of uh, of uh, intercourse. Right, yeah. Yeah, that really brings it on.
2: Jesus Christ. It's like, <laughs> it's the worst backwards thinking and we understand why Carrie can get so upset because her mom is, I mean, abusing her, beating her and, and neglecting yeah. her and a psychological abuse. She's, she's doing all three, mm-hmm. the triumvirate. And so... We're – I don't know. At this point, I'm really, really hoping that this guy is nice to carry. Just please be fucking nice to carry. Right, yeah. You know, just like show her that not everyone in this world is evil or lying to her. Because like, even, the, even the teacher is fucking lying to her, being nice to her but lying to her. Yeah. You know, like no
1: one is good to her. Yeah, she's sort of not, not a great teacher. Yeah. But she sort of gets hers in the end as well. But, I mean – the prom is coming up, and Tommy has asked her to go to prom, and she's told her mom. And this is where she started to sort of get her her mojo. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, stood up to her mom and said, I'm going. Yeah. I'm making my dress. Yeah, she makes her own dress. That's yeah, nice. it's great. And I, it, she looks amazing. Yeah, she does. I mean, like, you know, costuming. Can do stuff in movies apparently. <laughs> it's literally the uh, the plot to she's all that is happening <laughs> in this movie. But I also like I like when she goes to the prom. Everybody else looks so like backwards and like not like. They look so old-fashioned, you know.
2: Well, everyone rented their suits and and dresses, right? So like Carrie made her own and it's more fashion-forward. I that's think that's true.
1: That's I forgot that we get that like the big scene of the three dudes that we don't really care about. Yeah, I don't even try know what on that tuxedos. scene
2: was. I don't even know what that... Like, they're just standing there, and they're like, ah, oh, what do you want? And then the, the, it speeds up at, at one point. Yeah. And, like, the, the film speeds up, so now we're at, like, 120 frames a second to, like, go through their conversation and back out, and it cuts, and it's very, like, I'm going to fuck with this scene as much as possible because it doesn't matter, and then I'm going to put it in the movie, and it doesn't matter. Anyway... Yeah. Let's, let's get on
1: with this movie. Like, there was no reason for it at all. Well, I sort of get the sense that Brian De Palma was trying to sort of give, like, more of the life of the students. Stephen King calls it, like, the high school confidential treatment. Right. And, like, that's sort of fun, but it doesn't really gel with the whole horrifying telekinetic killer yeah. thing. Yeah. And it didn't feel— The
2: blood. It didn't feel really true to the rest of the high school. Like, it felt like this kind of orphan in the middle of this movie mm-hmm. that scene.
1: Yeah. And we also see, like, all the stuff happening where they're planning getting back at Carrie. Yeah. It's, like, not any sort of, like, secret that she is going to get. Something bad happening to her at the prom.
2: So the one girl, she, like, talks John Travolta into it. And she doesn't talk him into it. She does other things to him into it. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're at the, like, the lover's lane or whatever. And she... Yeah. She goes down on him while somehow perfectly also articulating his name.
2: (laughs) 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 She... She spells a. she's going down on him and she's like, I hate that girl Carrie, and I'm like, <laughs> you have two mouths? I don't know what's going on. I'm unsure that Brian Palmas ever had a blowjob, or <laughs> he definitely hasn't given one if this is what he thinks is going on. I was laughing, because it was kind of like while, she, while they're doing this thing, she's talking about this other girl and how much she hates her, and I thought that was kind of funny.
1: But they also go to the farm and kill the pig, and John Travolta, like, Smashes this pig's brains out with a hammer. Yeah, and the girl is just fucking loving it. Yeah, like do it,
2: get her done, get her done.
1: Yeah,
2: oh, it's terrifying.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: but it's 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 really well done. Brian De Palma films it really well, and and uh, the the. Cutting back and forth between, like, the hit and her screaming and
1: the hit and her screaming Yeah, really great. But it feels, like, very, like, authentic, too. Like, I feel sure. like this is, like, the real sort of mob mentality high schoolers can get themselves into. Yeah. Where they're suddenly doing, like, terrible, evil things and laughing about it.
2: Do you want to tell us something, Rob? Uh... <laughs> Do you want to confess? Do you like pork chops? <laughs> <laughs> Pork chop sandwiches. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a vegetarian, so oh. yeah, I'm boring that way. No, I I love the scene and the fact that John Travolta like takes over and and like fucking bashes this, and <laughs> they go to the prom and they start
1: like. How can you watch Grease the same way again? <laughs>
2: This grease is rendered from pig fat. <laughs> Just slicks it into his hair. So they set up the prom. They get the one guy who couldn't kill the pig to, like, uh, collect the ballots of who's going to be prom king and queen. Right. Yeah, I love that guy's character, like the yeah. good old boy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> sort his, of asshole. His whole speech to the prom committee guy is of of being like, uh, let, me do, let me do something. He's like, you should have been here four days ago. The prom's almost here. And he's like, well, I'll collect the ballots or something. He's like... Okay, well, be here at 6. I'll be here at 8. 8 works better for me. Like, he's just never – he's just always getting what he wants. It's great. It's yeah. Great scene.
1: Yeah. But then the prom comes. Yeah. And, you know, Carrie goes. She gets picked up. She has a nice time with the dude. They're talking at a table Yeah. For and most of it. and he's being really nice to her. And this feels good. And I'm like, is he
2: in on it? I don't know.
1: I think the movie is trying to play with this a bit because it is played rather ambiguous, and you assume like, yeah, they're doing this as part of the plan, yeah, right? To like, get why her else? Stage. If it's not part of the plan, then why would the bad guys have this plan? Because why else would she be at prom? But then we find out later that it is not part of
2: uh, the girl and her boyfriend, who's now going to prom with, with Carrie. It's not part of their plan. Because they win prom king and queen. They go up on stage and that girl's backstage. She sees, she sees a string attached to the pail of pig's right. blood and she's like freaking out. She's like, oh, shit. And then she goes and she like looks under the stage and that's where the people are. And she's trying to tell the teacher something's happening. It's very slow motion. It's, everything is slow motion. It's it, it takes like eight minutes to happen and I loved every second of it.
1: It was pretty good. But I'm still a little bit incredulous at this whole character being there. Like – what person volunteers – or sor- sorry, coerces her boyfriend to take another girl to the prom? Well,
2: she says she's doing it because Carrie is not part of any group and she will never have a prom unless she does this. And she says that to the Find teacher. Find another
1: guy. <laughs> There's like a hundred other dudes at this high school who would yeah. gladly take her to the prom. You go yeah. to the AV club. You're like, <laughs> Ned. Put aside that projector for a second.
2: Find yourself a Seymour is what you're saying. (laughs)
1: Find yourself a
2: Seymour. Suddenly Seymour. That that
1: could be a song for the uh, reboot. (laughs) Right. The Carrie musical. Find yourself a (laughs) Seymour. Well, we'll talk about the Carrie musical. Okay. But, I mean, it just seems it doesn't make any sense to me. But then also, she's this girl, Sue, is having dinner with her family, you know, as you do in the 70s. And then she gets up to leave and she goes to the prom to watch? To watch what? To watch her boyfriend become the prom king with somebody else? Does she know this is going to happen? What does she expect to be seeing here? Yeah, I mean,
2: I think if I were to defend her, it would be because she saw Carrie get bullied so often and she was a part of that bullying. And then the gym teacher's recriminations actually worked like it worked on her and because she, she says to the other girl just do it like this is our punishment we did something bad like right stop st- like stop trying to get out of this Like right. let's just do our punishment so she feels sorry for
1: her i behavior. think she might feel sorry for laughing at carrie when she got her period i still find it weird and people were mean to be me, but nobody made their boyfriend go to prom with me <laughs> I'll I'll speak to him, okay? But I yeah I just think
2: that uh, this is maybe one of the genuine bits of this movie, hmm. and if it is, then it's even sadder at the end. And I th- hopefully it is. Right.
1: Well, yeah, she does see the thing happening and tries to stop it, but the teacher stops her, and then yeah, the famous Carrie gets covered with blood. Yeah, and. And and this Adam Sandler <laughs> sequence
2: that I only know from the Adam Sandler CD that I had when I was a kid. Wait, they're, what? They're all going to laugh at you. Oh, I had never yes. seen it in Carrie, but I remember th- I, I was just like, oh, this is from Carrie, right. of course. Like, of yes, course it's from that's movie. where it originates from, yeah. Piper
1: Laurie, of course.
2: Yeah, they're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you and just kind of dances around that kaleidoscopic thing happening. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Cassie. We're all sorry, Cassie. Trust me, Carrie. You can trust me. Trust me, Carrie. You can trust me. Trust me,
2: Carrie. Yeah, Lisa needs braces <laughs> and it's all happening around <laughs> her head. And uh and then she fucking shuts the doors and the hose comes out. It gets the hose again. Yeah, uh, and she, yeah,
1: just it's, fire hoses it's everyone. Mayhem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything turns red. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's mostly the fire hose. It's weird. Yeah, the
2: fire hose is kind of like this Beetle Geistian thing
1: happening. Yeah, and then like it gets some of the lights wet and mm-hmm. the equipment and like the professor yeah. and the teacher who was also the... in One of the Cuckoo's Nest dies. Yeah, yeah. You have to have one person from One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. For every Stephen King movie. <laughs> right, for sure. It's the law. Yeah. <laughs> How else are you
2: going to get out of out of rooms? You got to throw <laughs> some things through windows, you know? And they should have done that because fucking John Travolta and his psycho girlfriend are looking on as everyone burns to death through the window. Mm-hmm. Open it. Pull some people out. Well, they're bad people. <laughs> God damn. And the teacher bites it too. Yeah. She gets the basketball net through the sternum.
1: Yeah. It
2: falls right through, and that's horrible.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because
2: she's trying to get, like, help for the other kid (laughs) that took care of the prom, and now he's
1: dying. Yeah, well, he dies from the... Pale. (laughs) Death by pale. It was a pale rider on a pale horse. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, like, the most embarrassing death. I have to admit that watching this scene, I found some of the mayhem not too murderous. Yeah. Like, the the water hose, I'm like, would it kill somebody? How many PSIs does it take to kill a prom queen? Yeah, exactly. Something. Yeah,
2: there was one girl that got knocked back into a table, and then she just passes out. I was like, would you? Like, I don't know. You didn't hit your head or anything. You're fine. Yeah. It was weird. There was some weird stuff there, but I'm sure it was a hectic thing to even film. And holy shit, Sissy Space standing in front of, like, all that fire drenched in blood, oh, like one yeah. image. Yeah, and practical effects like that's crazy
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. But she uh, she runs home after everybody is dead, and on the way there, John Travolta and the other woman try to run her down in the middle of the road. Yeah, but she uses her psychic powers to make the car swerve and then flips it, and then just makes it fucking explode. And I'm like, yes, burn Travolta, burn. <laughs> He's got a fever, <laughs> Saturday night fever.
2: <laughs> um, the newest movie, I remember the trailer of like her crashing a school bus like it was way more mayhem for she goes throughout the town oh like, you're talking about the 2013 remake yeah yeah with oh, okay. Chloe, Chloe Grace Moritz or yeah. whatever her name is we'll get into that and it just yeah I mean it seemed like a Hollywood remake of a Hollywood movie from the 70s because it was just so much more mayhem Like right. this was enough like this was the slow moving horror of these kids realizing they were trapped in a burning building like that's horrific it's, and it's stuck there for a long time. It's pretty horrific. Yeah. We don't need much more. Yeah. But we get it because her mom
1: is still alive. Oh, well, yeah, of course. We need to see that. She comes home and, you know, her mom has put out all the candles. <laughs> I know. Her mom's like, I was going to have some me time, but I uh, <laughs> thought you are going to be a problem later. Uh. <laughs> I assumed you'd be uh, making out with that boy. (laughs) This is also—I mean, she tells like the—I think—the whole story about like how her father raped her mother, and that was how you know Carrie was conceived. And she also like like I'm sad for her character too, even though she's a monster, the mom. Like she, you know, is been indoctrinated with all this like religious stuff and
2: cults. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but she she feels that she has to uh kill the witch yeah. which is her daughter and so while she's stabs Carrie in the back with like a knife mm-hmm. and then she like comes after her and you know Carrie uses her powers to pin her Mom to the wall, yeah, like in a, a, a very cushion. in a very Christ-like manner. It is, it is, yeah. Brian De Palma. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Carrie's already been stabbed in the ribs, which is also
1: the, the Christ-like thing for sure. Yeah, and and she dies like standing up, and you know, with just her head rolled to and, the side. And
2: uh, what do you think of that direction right at the end, given to the actress to make it seem like she was having an orgasm while she died? Like, what was that? She was enjoying being punctured in so many ways. Like, it just seemed
1: very... Well, that also goes in line with, like, what she was saying when she told Carrie that she was raped, is that she was like, oh, and I enjoyed it. Right. Right. And, like, yeah, but Brian De Palma is a little bit icky with the female sexuality. Yeah. And, like, there's also, you know... The connection between sex and sin goes back as well to when Carrie gets her period because, right. you know, the mom says like, oh, e- even if you didn't have intercourse, you had intercourse of the mind. And, I mean, I think she is sort of like being somewhat like semi-erotic in the shower. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. So, like, he's well, she, yeah, she's learned her body. He's putting this stuff in there, yeah, yeah, and i
2: I'm uncomfortable with it, I also think that it's very it's uncomfortable material it's uncomfortable material, but i I also think that it's like one of those things that I don't know I don't know whether it's because it's a male director directing it that i that I hear I got raped and enjoyed it, and I go, well, fuck that right, like that doesn't feel true or real, uh because I know that it's a like three men in, involved in making this movie from the book to the screenplay to the to the director, mm-hmm. or if there was a female director and that and that still happened, whether I'd be uh, o- more okay with it, or whether it would have even happened with a female director. Like, that's that's what it's kind of like, up in the air. If I am being, uh, I guess what, chauvinist or sexist against Brian De Palma for... I don't know. But like, <laughs> well, I, a lot I think of people that it... think
1: that Brian De Palma is in fact a misogynist. Yeah. And he's definitely had to answer for those accusations in the past. I don't... You know, I don't know. I mean, I think that the movie, you know, it tries to say things in a very stark way. And it gives, like, what is horror from a female perspective, you know, when you're a teenage girl... I mean, you're changing body and not having enough information about it is certainly a horrifying thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for every kid going through that, and I and I do get the violence mixed with sex thing. going uh, I on. I bet you do. <laughs> I'm a Cenobite, Rob <laughs> <laughs> from Hellraiser. No, I I I get that's kind of what the theme of this movie is is based on, and so
1: it still tries to titillate, though. Oh. Like, it tries to be. It tries to be an artistic movie that, you know, connects sex with this larger theme and also, you know, has a bunch of, you know, girls working out in their short shorts.
2: Yeah, and I think that's where it kind of, for me, doesn't work is because it tries to have its cake and eat it too. It's like, look at this connection. Look at how fucked up sex is. Also, let's, like, enjoy ourselves too. It's like, okay, well, I mean, those are kind of polar opposite Themes that you're going for there. Right.
1: And it doesn't like use like sex as an empowering thing. Like, you know, no. No. Many people would use it.
2: Sure. And I, i, I get, yeah, but like this movie is about sex being a shameful thing. And so I, I, or so a, rea-
1: d- a reaction to that anyway.
2: Yeah. A reaction to that. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and that's Carrie. And then Carrie fucking dies in her own house. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, she she pulls down the house on her and uh, goes to her weird Jesus closet. Yeah, and with her weird glowing eyes, Jesus. Oh my god, which is fucking creepy. Yeah, I know. I don't think that's necessary.
2: <laughs> but then we get the main character at the end, kind of main character, I guess, who is who's the only survivor mm-hmm. of this and who.
1: Uh, is terrified and traumatized of Carrie's uh, whole deal. Yeah, that's right. She goes to the grave or where the house was, and yeah. uh, she has a dream with the hand. You know, yeah, the to bloody hand. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I love that scene too because mom's talking on the phone. She's like, "Oh, the doctor said that she'll forget it because she's young. The trauma won't do anything to her." And then cut scene to her waking up, being like, "Ah!" <laughs> like totally traumatized, it's like. I think you have some work to do, Mom. <laughs> I think you have some work to do. Yeah. So, yes, that is Carrie. Yeah. Yep.
1: And we have – I have. <laughs> All right. Own it. Fine. Carrie has <laughs> some behind-the-scenes and trivia after this break. Phone home. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. Phone, sorry, I'm trying
2: to get Siri to phone home. <laughs> yeah. You got to say, Siri, hey Siri. Nah, it's not going to work. You don't have Siri activate on your phone? No, I
1: don't. I was going to tell Siri to look up ET because that's what we're doing next week. Oh, my God. That's such a big movie why are we talking about a movie which is
2: so huge because we i mean this is big to us on rewatchability. we discovered extraterrestrial life <laughs> that's right it yeah. was us it, it was, was the guy from blink 182 yeah, Tom <laughs> thank you so much man it was uh no it's our 400th episode wow 400 we turned 400 rob That's amazing.
1: Holy shit. Wait, sorry. I'm processing that.
2: I know. It's insane. We've been doing this for a long time, since 2011. So this is more than eight years we've been doing this podcast. And we
1: haven't talked about E.T.
2: And we haven't talked about E.T. Are you sure? I am uncertain now that you've really pressed Uh me on it. No, I'm I'm sure. We haven't done it. I can't wait to talk about this. I can't wait to talk about some of the flaws in it, too. It's not a perfect movie, Rob. No movie's perfect. Okay. We're gonna dissect it like they wanted to dissect ET. Oh no! <laughs> so grab your uh, walkie-talkies or your guns, whichever whichever <laughs> one you want, and strap in because we're gonna talk about ET next week.
1: Welcome back to Rewatchability. It is Halloween, Ooh. and we're talking about Carrie. Do you carry? <laughs> <laughs> do you cash and carry?
2: <laughs> well, I hope you do because we have trivia, don't we?
1: We do have trivia, and okay. Blaine, I, you know, I have some great questions, so I hope that you have psychic powers. I you can don't mind.
2: You know, I know you do a bit of research on the movies that I I do the trivia on. You know, I don't do any research. I'm going to this totally blind.
1: Well, <laughs>
2: so. Uh, it's the blind leading the blind here. <laughs>
1: What's the what, what? What do you got for me? Okay, Blaine. This one's a lowball for you. Okay. Name two references to film director Alfred Hitchcock within this film. Oh God! I mean, that's going to be the knife in the
2: air. <laughs> no, fuck off. Yeah, there's knives in, the knives in
1: the air. You can't just say knives
2: in the air. Hitchcock not knife on
1: knives in the air. It brings
2: up the knife. Oh, come on. No, I mean the blood in the shower has to be one. Uh, th- I mean, I'm looking for something more specific. Oh, my God. Um, uh... We all bleed in the shower. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what, are you shave in the shower? Is that what you do? I do. That's the only way to not, like, get a whole bunch of, like, those red marks. I hate yeah. that. Yeah. I just don't shave down. Fuck shaving. No. God. I'm going to say knife in the air doesn't count, right? Um. Okay. <laughs>
1: Do you give up? Yeah, I give up. Just tell me. You fool. Bring on the pig's blood. <laughs> no. So the two that I was thinking of, and there's probably a whole bunch more because De Palma. I mean, I just gave you two. Go on. Are, those don't count. But <laughs> why, the two are the uh, sound cue of the violin strings. Yeah. So the, Whee! 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 Yeah. That's a
2: distinct reference. I mean, I could have even... But there's violin strings in every movie, Rob.
1: Not like that. Oh, my
2: God. Okay, what's the other one? Uh,
1: the other one is that a bunch of stuff in this town is called Bates, like Bates Motel. So, like, when they go and kill the pig, they go to Bates Farms. Mm. Yeah. All right. A little yeah. Batesy. Yeah. Okay. He's the master. Bates. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get it. All right. Yeah. Okay, so... This movie actually held joint auditions with another hit film. What movie did it audition people with?
2: Oh, 1976. I don't know. I, I uh American Graffiti or something? No. I don't
1: know. Blaine. What? It, it's ironic because you're close in <laughs> a way in being that the director of this movie did direct American Graffiti. Oh, was it it's Star Wars. The Star Wars? Wow, yeah. shit. Star Wars. So there was a bunch of, yeah, they held joint auditions for Star Wars and for Carrie. And so, in fact, the person who plays Tommy was up for Luke Skywalker. Oh, my God. His whole life could have changed. Whole life could have changed. And Nancy Allen, or what, what's, I think that's her name, the meanest girl. yeah it was up for the role of uh, Princess Leia. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And there were also rumors that Carrie Fisher Mm. had been up for the part of Carrie. Yeah. But the rumor at the time was that she balked because of all of the nude scenes.
2: Yeah. That doesn't
1: sound like... (laughs)
2: like later years Carrie Fisher to bulk nude scenes.
1: No, she in fact said that she loved uh, being nude and would have been nude on screen enthusiastically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, but I I don't think that they actually uh, uh, considered her...
2: But, yeah, I mean, I found that. That's fascinating. That's great. Yeah. John Travolta could have been Chewbacca. (laughs) That's what I'm getting out of this. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's a a worse timeline. (laughs) Okay, so this one, this one's a good one. Okay. (laughs) Which cast member of Carrie dated a president of the United States of America? Whoa, what? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to say the the mom? Piper Lori? Yeah. You would be correct. Yes, she in fact dated Ronald Reagan. I was going to guess Lincoln. But that's cool. <laughs> wow. No, no, she she did
2: Ronald Reagan.
1: They're both yeah. actors. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And she's she's great in this movie. She was actually nominated for the Academy Award for her role as uh the mom. Yeah. And it's a good performance. And, of course, she would later show up in Twin Peaks as Catherine Martell. And sometimes she would show up as an old Japanese man <laughs> in that show <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done joint casting
1: for that, too. <laughs> yeah, they really – whoo. um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so hit, I, I, have a, okay. I have another question for you. Okay, this one's a biggie. This okay. one's important. Well, I answered the first two really well. So, so relationships is one of the themes in Carrie. Basically. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but how many directors met their wives on this film? How,
2: <laughs> how many directors met their wives in this film? Yes. Oh, my God. The fact that it's – I mean, the system needed to change. That It was all male directors meeting
1: young women on this film. I'm going to say three. Wow. Well, you are incorrect. It was only two. (laughs) So Brian De Palma uh, ended up uh, marrying the woman who plays the meanest girl. But also – it just so happened that somebody told Steven Spielberg that there were all these hot young actresses hanging around the right. Carrie set. And so Steven Spielberg strolled on down and apparently...
2: Dun-dun. Dun-dun. <laughs>
1: just showing up. Apparently he asked out every single female cast member. Oh my god. Including PJ Souls, who is the one uh, in the baseball hat. Oh yeah, she would later go on to be in that uh, rock and roll high school movie. Cool. Uh, they all turned him down, <laughs> <laughs> except for Amy Irving, who plays Sue, the the sort of the friend at the end. Okay. She uh, said yes, oh. and they ended up getting married. Very charitable, Amy loving. Irving. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's... It takes a big person to not be hurt by being somebody's eighth choice. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, she was willing to give up her boyfriend to carry anyway. So, that's true. You know? She doesn't get too attached. No. She, she's good. She knows. She knows. She's fine. <laughs> she has self-confidence. She's better than any other type. Uh, that's that's great. That's uh It's that's, not great. That's, no, but that's a cool little tidbit of information.
1: I guess so. But it is kind of disappointing that, uh, you know, this movie was just like a... Like a pecking ground for you know young Hollywood. It always
2: makes me feel weird when directors start dating the cast.
1: Yeah, it just feels like it's or you. actresses in it's general. You. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, then again, you know, they're this is the world that they're in, and you meet people, and you sure. work with them, and chemistry develops. Yeah, but it's also. Have you had any on-screen romances? On on um,
2: no. Or on no, no. I once wrote something with with a girlfriend of mine, but that was that was shit. It. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't wrong. No, I, <laughs> I I've never developed. Not, I stayed a stage crush? Not on, no. Uh, no. Okay. No. I mean, as, as an actor. You say actor, no a lot. I, yeah, because I did. Um, <laughs> but as an actor, yes. Like, working with someone same age as me. But I find it weird when directors go for someone younger and also there's a power dynamic there. Which is like the director makes the uh they They are their boss. Like, those are the things that I'm like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. To... People dating each other on on set, that's fine. I mean, it's probably a recipe for disaster. Yeah. But it's totally fine. I think that the director thing is a little – that's a power dynamic that I, I think is a little
1: gray area.
2: I'd for say. sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: Some you know, so of the behind-the-scenes stuff, Sissy Spacek – also nominated for the Oscar for this performance. She was originally an outside pick. In fact, Brian De Palma really did not want her to even audition. So she sort of called Brian De Palma and, you know, in sort of a power move, was like, I have a commercial that I can do tomorrow for $10,000 or I can audition for you. Just tell me which one I should take. And he was like, well, go do the commercial. Oh, wow. (laughs) And he he actually, I think originally that she was coming in to do like set dressing on the movie (laughs) because she is uh, was married to the art director, Jack Fisk. Mm. And she did do set dressing on several films with him, Uh, you know, even though she was already an established actress. But so she apparently showed up to the audition with like Vaseline in her hair. And in this sailor's outfit that her mom had sewed her. Okay. And she got the part. Ahoy. (laughs) (laughs) That's very weird. Yeah. But, you know, she did what she had to do to make an impression. Yeah. And then during the filming of the movie, she made herself very isolated from the rest of the cast. And basically, like. She went method. She went very method in order to sort of get the social inabilities of Carrie. Sure, yeah. Or she could act. I don't know. That's part of acting, (laughs) Blaine. I hate methods so much. It's, you know, it gets the job done sometimes. I've been methoding this podcast for seven years. (laughs) You you didn't get the part, Rob. So, yeah. Here, let me put some Vaseline in my hair. (laughs) Done. You're hired. (laughs) Now, please get that Vaseline out of your hair. But she was very committed to her role. In fact, she even insisted on doing the hand that rises out of the ground and grabs Sue at the end. She's like, bury me alive, guys. Yeah. And so they did. And in fact, you know, Brian De Palma made her husband bury her (laughs) so that he wouldn't. Get any blowback, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and and she did it. You wow, know. that's yeah. cool. Yeah, Good for her. you saw like some you know dude's hairy old hand being like, <laughs> oh, I'm Gary now." <laughs>
2: I just shave his hand <laughs> off in the shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no bumps that way. Uh, anyway. Yeah, but it was a huge success. Yeah, I mean, Martin Scorsese apparently saw it three times. Yeah. So hates comic book movies, loves Stephen King movies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see Brian De Palma in this, like the for you know, like later Brian De Palma movies. I can see in this, like it's right, such a solid effort. Like, I mean, it succeeds. It's not even just an effort, but like it, it just it's. It's solid through and through. There's some weird stuff like that orphan scene we we're talking about, but yeah, the, the amount of confidence in the in the slow pace of the movie is just a beautiful.
1: Well, he'd done a lot of movies already, but his like early stuff was like almost experimental. Yeah, and like there's a lot more of the like split scene stuff and yeah, you know stuff that is very like what we would call, like, film student <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this was, like, his first really, I think, mature film. Like, this was him trying to make a movie that felt like a Hollywood movie, and it shows in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. I don't think... I don't think that it was expected to be the success that it was, but there was like you know this was a very much an era of serious filmmakers making serious horror movies. I understand what you're saying because it's not the '80s where uh,
2: horror took a turn into the into comedy. Yeah. Um, It was – yeah, and this is like mainstream horror where horrific things don't really happen for a long while in this movie.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean it definitely also plays it like it's not a horror movie for parts of it. Like like the parts of the high school people fucking around, it feels very like – yeah, like American Graffiti or something like that – But, yeah, I mean, it it combines the genre aspects that are required with, like, the other sort of more cinematic aspects.
2: And we know something's coming. Like, we know that she has this power. Like, there are breadcrumbs throughout this movie that keep us on the edge of our seat because there's a promise to this premise that they really fulfill at the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, like, when it does sort of happen, when she finally, like, unleashes her powers, it kind of – It kind of feels good. Yeah. Like you're like, yes, but also kind of like, no. Yeah, because you've been told to wait every time. It's
2: like the ashtray fell off. What's she going to do? Is she going to kill? No, wait, wait, you know. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the movie, it's like, okay, you don't have to wait anymore. She's going to fuck everything up.
1: Yeah. And this movie, it's been redone a few times. Did you see the 2013 remake? Uh, Only the trailer. Only the trailer. Yeah, that was enough, I think. There was also a remake for television, which was supposed to dovetail into a series. Oh, yeah. Carrie High. Carrie High. <laughs> no, she was supposed to like, like the TV movie had all the events of Carrie. And then after she murders her classmates, she goes on the run and sort of does good deeds like the Hulk or the Incredible Hulk. Oh, no,
2: no, no. No, it's like the <laughs> pretender. That's so funny. Yeah. Like, oh, that's awful. It should have just been like Buffy where she just goes to a new school and you're like, oh, she's going to fuck up shit at this school too. Uh, That's horrific. That's so funny.
1: Yeah. But (laughs) the the bad response to the TV movie nixed the uh, series coming together. And there was also... She just, like, joins a moving company. <laughs>
2: like, heats an orphanage. Like, we don't have to spend any money on heating oil. <laughs> Gary just makes these fires for us.
1: You're thinking of Firestarter again. I probably am. Yeah. She doesn't actually make the fire. She, like, you know, water and the electricity cause things to catch fire. Get your All Stephen right. King right. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But there was also, we should mention... The Rage Carrie Two. Right. Which was the attempt to sort of bring the Carrie mythos into the teenage nineties horror teen vibe. Right. And it actually featured the Amy Irving who plays Sue. Her character continues on as the sole survivor of the massacre. Crazy. Yeah, and uh, sort of mentors the new girl who has the carry powers. Oh. And I think it was, like, uh, moderately well-received. Right. But also pretty forgettable. Yeah. And— I certainly forgot it. <laughs> and then, of course, yes, the 2013 remake, which was directed by Kimberly Pierce, mm. who previously directed Boys Don't Cry. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, you know, good hands, Chloe yeah. Grace Moretz, good maybe sh- actor. Maybe I
2: shouldn't just shunt it off to the side. Maybe I should actually... It
1: also wasn't
2: really well received. Okay, yeah. But the one piece
1: of <laughs> trivia that I did like about it was that apparently the dude who plays the John Travolta character, mm-hmm. when they go to the pig farm to kill the pig, he did this actor thing of kissing the hammer, not knowing that that hammer had... Pig feces on it. Oh, God. And he got very sick. <laughs> 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 Just a PSA, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then finally, Blaine. Yeah. Like, tell me you'd heard of this the notorious Carrie musical. I had not heard. Oh man, it was I think it was written by the same guy who did the screenplay for this who I think his name is Lawrence Cohen, but it was notoriously bad and like a huge bomb. And there's like clips of it available on the internet, so maybe I'll try to link one up on That'd Twitter or I something like that. But it was so bad that it closed in only 4 days. <laughs>
2: That sucks. It takes millions and millions of dollars to put up a show. Yeah, Fulls in four days.
1: Yeah, and it became like a shorthand for, "This is a terrible musical." Like wow. there was a a book somebody put out that called that was called "Worse Than Carrie: The Worst of Broadway." <laughs> Spider-Man, Speed the Dark was in there. <laughs> well, I think Spider-Man maybe you know took the title from from Carrie, right? You know, for biggest Broadway fiasco. Yeah, yeah. But for a long time. It was Carrie. However, it was revived again with some success. There was a off Broadway production that did it with a drag queen as Carrie. Yes. <laughs>
2: I'm watching so much RuPaul's right now. That's perfect. And people uh, loved it. Of course, because drag queens are amazing. Um I what's your drag persona? johnny always used to call me plain daughters (laughs) because it rhymed with plain waters and uh, he was like that should be your drag name so wow uh, i would just be like i guess uh you know very amish as a drag queen it would not be well received either it would be the carry of drag
1: (laughs) it would be wow the musical not the movie yeah not
2: the movie Yeah, I I think that would be so great. There's also the thing of the, you know, throwing spoons at the screen when you're watching The Room, you know. We love bad things right now. We do. Bring back Carrie the Musical. It should be put on at like The Lot or whatever in Toronto or like off-off Broadway. People would go to that. They'd flock to that. With drag queens. You gotta have drag queens. It's, drag queens it's not make gonna work with better. normal, <laughs> no. normal casting. No, you can't just go traditional. You have to. You have to think forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's Carrie. So, Blaine, you hadn't seen this movie before. What did you think of it? You Loved th- it. Loved it. I love this movie. Do you? Yeah, it was so great. Wow. I
2: I there was weirdnesses to uh-huh. it, like the whole <laughs> weirdnesses. Yeah, I mean uncomfortabilities uh, <laughs> that uh, De Palma put in it, but I fucking loved it. I loved the the pacing of that final scene. The Wee wee wee! Like the the the, the sirens cues from Psycho. No, but like there were sirens going off. You know, not only okay. just violins. Like the violins bled into these sirens that were so big. I loved that there was at least one good person, potentially maybe, in this movie. Right. That the the violence was indiscriminate. I just it was all, everything was was uh, was really great, and I think it. There's so many movies that stand on the shoulders of of Carrie that I didn't realize right, for do. sure. Um, even I just saw *Brightburn*, which wasn't a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. But there's this one scene where that and like you know the mother takes the knife and is going to stab the kid in the back. Again, <laughs> like
1: with the knife raising, it's not a reference.
2: Yeah, it's just straight from uh, *Psycho*. And I um, and I think that like you know that that was probably the best part of that movie, and it was from Carrie. You know, right. so I I think that this movie. Built a lot of a lot of Hollywood cinema on, on top of itself, yeah. you know. It, and Carrie keeps on reaching up into other movies from the grave to show itself. For sure, yeah. What about you? Did you think it was rewatchable?
1: I did, but I also found it a bit clunky in parts. Mm. I didn't love all of the extraneous teenager scenes. Yeah. Though I like that funky little synth line that they play. It's like, we're having fun now. Forget yeah. about the horror for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of that stuff I don't think really works in the movie, like trying to make it Animal House or something like that. Yeah, because it takes away from the actual theme that they're exploring, which is the fucked up
2: sexuality of of coming into your own as a woman. Yeah. Which we know all about. We're experts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Glad we didn't have a, a guest on this podcast, you no, know? No, no, oh. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I thought it was definitely uh, – I I mean, I think it's a classic movie, and, yeah, cinema does owe a lot to it. I, there are some parts that are clunky. I think you have to sort of love it as it is. I don't find, like, the characters connect much to reality in a strange way. Mm. I.
2: Yeah, no, they're in a film world for sure. They're in like the Hollywood film world of we're going to say stuff that doesn't – no one really says at all and we're going to be over the top in everything, in every emotion we have. And
1: Yeah, but I think it's like a – like a, it's a classic film. I think the performances are great and yeah. some of the scenes are so iconic like that – like the blood-drenched Carrie standing on the on the stage in her prom dress. Yeah. I can't get that out of my skull.
2: yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see the, like, Maybe Minds performance of uh, A Doll's House? Oh, my God. Are we going to talk about theater? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just for one, the coda, if you can, you don't have to listen
1: to the rest of this, but Robin, and I are going to talk about this play because it was phenomenal. So The Dollhouse, of course, is Ibsen's classic play, which has the... <laughs> Door slam heard around the world as Nora leaves her husband at a time when that was just not an option. <laughs> Why don't we have a theater podcast? This is hilarious. Theater's boring. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to type with theater. But then they had the Mabu Mines Dollhouse, which was oh. done with all the men as little people. Yeah, And the set was also sort of designed for them. And the women were very tall, Scandinavian-type yeah. women. And it was supposed to represent metaphorically, like, what... It's like being a woman. Yeah, the the and uh, Peter Dinklage was in the original cast. Oh, it's amazing! Yeah. He's so good. I fucking loved that performance. I almost left at intermission because I hated the first act so much, and no. then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it one more chance. Oh,
2: that ending, man! And the ending, we're gonna I'm gonna spoil it for you. You can't see the play. It was done so well. The backdrop falls down and. Oh. Like, all these puppets of uh, Nora and Torvald, the the married couple, are like in the background. Mm -hmm. And it's just,
1: it's just stories of puppets. It's so good. And she's like way up there singing opera.
2: Yeah. And she feels so naked. That she literally has cried her fake eyelashes off. Uh-huh. She's taken her, her wig off and she strips down on the stage in the front of the stage to like represent how how much of nothing she has, which is everything of nothing, right before she leaves Torvald. And it it felt like that was a little bit of Carrie. There was a little bit of Carrie right. in there with the pig's blood and then the guy getting hit by the peel. And he, yeah. he falls on her and strips her of her dress. So she's only wearing the slip underneath and it's just like everything she built up and everything she owned that was hers is like stripped off her in that final moment. And it just felt so real and effective just like the play did where I was like tearing up watching this woman like say her final monologue. I loved
1: it so much.
2: Yeah. And now everyone's pulling off wigs in movies because (laughs) of that to like get the Oscar. But like I – man, that was one of the most effective plays I've ever seen and just at the end, she leaves, and all the puppets that were her—they like fall off their strings. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect! It's perfect. Anyway, Carrie was really good too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's a great movie, and I think Carrie's a great character, and you know, I think the movie does a lot that you know was difficult to do in 1976. Yeah, and it's you know, it's fantastic. Yeah, if they could just pull back on one of the slaps, <laughs> just one of the slaps, <laughs> and in some this movie. of the voyeuristic camera work, some yeah. of the nudity. Yeah, yeah, uh, that would be great. Slaps of voyeurism. That's Rewatchability for this week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. That's where you subscribe to this thing. And if you don't, we'll get very angry. Rob, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> They're all going to subscribe to you. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to suggest a movie for us to cover, you can do it there or also at Rewatchability at gmail.com or on our website, Rewatchability.com. There's a speak pipe dealie there. Mm-hmm. You can also buy T-shirts from Tee Public. Yeah. And
2: if you you know, have some friends that like listen to podcasts and you're not a carry out there,
1: or you want to make friends, tell yeah. them about this podcast. That's how to make friends. <laughs> There's somebody that, you know Sure. Yeah. You just be like, hey, do you listen to podcasts because I know one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> please don't please don't listen to us. <laughs> We're just, like, getting people that are bullied, bullied more right now. This is horrible. (laughs) We're sorry. But you can listen to us when you're shoved into your locker.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.